Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Source Material. I think this is episode 130... 130-something. 130-something. <laughs> it's, it's definitely something. Something. Now, this evening, we're just going to bring a real quick episode to you here. We're recording live live via YouTube. My good buddy, Ronnie Adams, has joined me this evening. How you doing, buddy? Word. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Word up. Word up. Oh, that takes you back to the 90s, and that's where we're heading. Word up. I- 1992. So what I did earlier, I think it was yesterday, of course, last minute, ask Ronnie Adams, you want to do a podcast? And of course he agrees. <laughs> I, I said, Ronnie Adams, what? Give us a single issue. Let's do something. Let's do something. And you presented a few choices uh, and there were what ifs again, which I'm, I am excited to do a what if anytime <laughs> we're going to do. What if issue number 44, what if venom had possessed the Punisher Punisher's been on the lips of a lot of people here lately. Oh my gosh, that's, if you haven't seen it, I shared it on the Screen Boy Facebook page, and I know that you've, you shared it and watched it, um, Mm -hmm. the new, uh, punisher what's it called uh trailer Trailer. netflix holy crap you can't ask for just a better trailer than that it was just it was incredible i I, I don't whoever thought of that was brilliant yeah i was gonna say dude that had me excited and i cannot wait until when's that supposed to air is that november i think it's november all all i know is i just you know i have to temper my excitement for fear of being let down (laughs) <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that trailer looked magnificent. Just yeah. set to well, Metallica's I mean, the I'm, one or one. I'm, I'm really different. Um, the, I have a different opinion than a lot of people. The Defenders. I really enjoyed it, and it was one of those. It, it, it had a really cool um, trailer as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Nirvana fan, but man, using "Come as You Are" for that whole thing is great. And then they use uh, Metallica for Punisher, and it just looks super violent. <laughs> Which is what the Punisher is. That's what it's all about. And the fact that uh, that that guttural scream that he has when he's got that light machine gun and is going to town. Oh yeah, it's just oh, I never thought. And when I first saw um, John Bernthal in in Walking Dead, yeah. you know, I didn't know him before that. I never thought, you know, oh, he'd make a good Frank Castle. And then when he came about as Frank Castle in, in Daredevil, I was like. I don't, I don't know, but he had that whole rooftop scene where he had, uh, where he had, uh, Daredevil tied up. Gosh, they got that scene just right. It was crazy. Yeah. I agree, dude. So we're, this iteration of the Punisher, we're going back to 1992. Uh, so the Punisher had been around, I think, since the late seventies, he started catching, uh, he started catching fire. I would say definitely in the late 80s, mid 80s to late 80s, and was a pretty strong character all the way through the 90s as well. Uh, still is, but definitely. I mean, I can remember, you know, this is this is my heyday of collecting comic books was the early 90s, catching up on all the characters that they at that Marvel had at that point in time. Another character that was very, very popular at the time was Venom. Yep. Bringing the Punisher and Venom together, this had not been done in the books. I mean, they both uh, do the same, you know, have the same kind of uh, mentality. You know, they they just kill them, you know, yeah. if they do, if they're, they're no a wrongdoer. I mean, because, yeah, no mercy. There we go. <sighs> Philosophy. There you go. Believe it or not, I mean, Venom, for a while there, was supposed to be an anti-hero. But it was the same thing as the Punisher when he had his own when he had his own series, it was Venom number one and it went on for a little while. And they, you know, they did the whole symbiote, you know, he had different symbiotes and all that, that were, that were 
taken from him, not just carnage, but they had a bunch of different, you know, different things, mm-hmm. uh, different, different kinds, you know, females, symbiotes and all that. He was a protector of the innocent. Uh, so if he saw a purse snatcher, it wasn't just a beat him up kind of thing. It was eat their face and <laughs> you know, Venom, kill them because they, they were breaking the law. I don't know if this was the title of the first issues or if this was a miniseries, but there was Venom lethal protector. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there was Venom and Punisher funeral pyre. I, I recall that that was a yeah. little mini series that they did. I think one I was think talking about was a mini, not a mini series, but it was a limited series. And it was Lethal Protector. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Again, you're right on the nose there. Same philosophy, no mercy. When Eddie Brock was the host for Venom, he had that killer. I would say he he wanted to take out Spider Man. He had this this obsession that's the word yeah this he had this obsession with taking out spider-man and then when finally those two had it out for the final time venom went there venom went his separate ways and and venom and eddie brock went the separate ways well let's try that again venom as eddie brock went their separate ways from spider-man and then he became somewhat of a a vigilante Mm -hmm. again just like you said uh, you know mirrors the punisher almost here Mm -hmm. so now we get the symbiote Potentially, you know, in this story, we get a, a story where the, the symbiote hops onto the Punisher, hops onto Frank Castle. Uh, so, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that story tonight. Uh, this, like I said, this came out in 1992. I wanted to give our, our listeners an idea of when Venom was created. Venom was created in his full first appearance was Amazing Spider-Man number 300. All right, May of 1988. Okay, so that's when Venom first appeared. And we're, we're talking a story here that's about four years after Venom made his first appearance. Uh, the creative team on this book, we have Kerb Busick, who is a very popular comic book writer. I think he does Astro mm-hmm. City. Have you ever heard of Astro City? I have, but I've not read it. Uh, let's take a look at some of the books he's done. Astro City, here it is, one through six. So other things that he's had his hand in. He's done his first professional work, backup story in Green Lantern 162, March of 1983. Uh, he also, it says, after writing four fill-in issues of Power Man and Iron Fist, he was given the, the series as his re- first regular assignment. In 1993, a year after this, Busick and artist Alex Ross produced the Marvel's limited series. He also had a hand in creating the Thunderbolts. A group of supervillains disguised as superheroes. I think let's talk about the artist of this issue because I think he is more the outlier here. The guy that we've never heard of. I don't know if you have, but I'm going to hedge my bets and say that you've never have. The artist of this issue is a Luke McDonald. All right. Mm-mm. Okay. So Luke, there's a few things that he's done. I mean, they they mentioned off some big titles. Law. Well, they say a, a long run on Iron Man. So okay. In 1983, McDonald and writer Denny O'Neill, Dennis O'Neill, began a storyline in which the character James Rhodes replaced Tony Stark in the role of Iron Man. So that's kind of that's kind of a popular storyline. So maybe I'm wrong here, but I can tell you this much. In 1995, he kind of just drops off the face of the earth. He doesn't do anything uh, hardly at all related with comics. Therefore, uh, there afterwards, still alive and everything, but you just you didn't see too much of him. So that brings us to our next topic, Ronnie Adams. Okay, we've we've talked about the creative team. Let's just talk about the art of the cover. And anybody who's watching right now can see the cover of issue 44. And we've got Venom on the front of it. Spider-Man and Daredevil in the back. I don't know if the man has a problem with perspectives. (laughs) 
or if he just has problems drawing things all together. I know the interior art of this book is not that bad. It's not bad. It's not. I mean, it's not bad. But when you look at the cover, I remember getting this issue of What If, uh, you know, my physical copy. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world is going on with Venom here? Venom looks like he's like a G.I. Joe figure holding guns. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. it's like, what? They're all pointed you, weird. The Punisher knows how to hold a gun, all right? right? And this is supposedly the symbiote. Now, who in the world, first off, he's got one bullet, one gun pointing one way. His right, oh, his left hand. His left hand is pointing toward the right, okay, and shooting towards <laughs> right. the right. His right hand is just like you said, barely holding on to like the gun somehow. Like the, somebody had to force the gun into his hand, and I don't even know if that's supposed to be. That's a weird looking he's, pistol. I can tell you that much. But that's supposed to be a Beretta, I think, and he's left hand and an is Uzi there okay? Okay, I can see the, the right hand. Oh, there's that's an Uzi, huh? <laughs> Try, well, it's trying to be. It's trying because it kind of like folds into his suit. Yeah, like, yeah. like where's the butt end of the gun? And it's firing, it's, but he's obviously not pulling the trigger. I yeah, he's not even. I don't know. It's he's he's definitely GI Joe in it. And now, not only that, but let's talk about the way this guy is standing, the way Venom Punisher is standing, to where his crotch is apparently a mile wide. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where does he buy pants? I mean, (laughs) Uh, mean, so he's standing with his legs uh, spread. I mean, clearly they're spread. He's obviously buff, but he's got like a 50 inch waist. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. There is no uh, waist. It like immediately goes from his his legs to his stomach, almost like his legs to his Mm -hmm. ribs. Yeah. Yeah. His pecs or pecs, his abs go into his. His crotch yeah, <laughs> yeah, right into his thighs, and I'm, that's can't do that. That's not it right. Just looks weird. It just it looks weird. It's not, yeah. you know. I don't know. I, I'd say this is really bad art for a cover, close to probably some of the worst art I've seen that we've covered yeah. on this show. There's been some bad and art we've read talked a, about, and we've read a lot of uh, uh, '90s books and yes, uh, Rob Liefeld books. Mm. That's the truth. <laughs> and so we're looking at, okay, so that's my only gripe. I mean, the cover looks really, really bad. I assume it's McDonald that did this. I'm looking over there on the left-hand side, and it's got his little signature right there. And it looks like an L on an M. So anyway, just awkward, awkward-looking cover. So I was worried about the interior art. Uh, but as we as we find out, it's not that bad. I, I don't think it's near as bad as the cover is. So, so Frank Castle's hanging out at a church. Now, this is where I think originally Eddie Brock was supposed to be. He was supposed to be. Yeah, Eddie Brock was supposed to be there. Um, but, but I guess, you know, that's when, you know, Spider-Man went to the church to the bells. Okay. To to rid himself of the symbiote. Okay. The sound. And the symbiote falls through the floor or whatever and then finds... Instead of an Eddie Brock, it finds Frank Castle, who is visiting the church at that time, who is wrapped up into the symbiote. And it's not violent or anything. I mean, it's it's like he almost handles it pretty well. The only thing he has to do is go and grab some air shortly thereafterwards. But at this time, we watch Venom, the symbiote, attach itself to Frank Castle. Okay. Now, Frank handles this. I don't know. It's not an attack. He doesn't handle it as an attack, but he handles it like, you know, okay, what is this thing doing to me? How can I use it? And he starts to realize how the suit can be used as a weapon. Here we have 
the Punisher, who is a he's a military man. And he starts to realize that the suit can be used as a weapon. But again, one of the things he also mentioned here was the fir- his first target, he actually approaches right on the street and he's completely camouflaged as another person. So I didn't know that the suit could do that. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. I mean, he's he looks like uh, a gray haired mustache businessman. And the, and apparently that's the suit's doing. So he's, he's able to sneak up on this like Wall Street criminal, takes him out in front of his buddies. His buddies all grab their guns. Instead of using, instead of using, uh, you know, the symbiote tentacles or whatever, I don't know what you would call that. I assume tentacles or tendrils, tendrils. There we go. Instead of using the tendrils to take out his, his buddies, all of a sudden Frank Castle gets a brilliant idea. Why don't we have the most ridiculous moment in comic book history? <laughs> <laughs> and the Venom symbiote. I wouldn't say most ridiculous, but it's up there. <laughs> The Venom symbiote is able to generate a working firearm from his arm. Go ahead. He says, why don't I see if I can make a gun? (laughs) And everybody says, that's brilliant. (laughs) So he tries to make a gun and he does. He succeeds. Now, reading any Carnage uh, storyline, you know that the symbiotes can create projectiles. So they, they do create, you know, some sort of. Um, let's see. Carnage created like these diamond kind of shaped. Oh yeah, uh, projectiles and, Someone, and I got you. Yeah. So it's not it's not unheard of that you know it would be a projectile based attack to make the gun noises <laughs> and a little, a little what appears to be a fire burst right come out the end right now. All I have to say is what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I had issues right there i was like no that is to me that's not how the suits ever worked they right what you're you're talking about there with the projectiles i am i have envisioned as knives uh or or something similar to that you know shurikens where he's tossing them out there and they're on to impale somebody but now maybe i'm wrong here maybe they're the way the suit is is it you know, draws power off of the mind. Now, I know later in the book, they talk about how the suit has drawn so much off of Frank Castle because, and he thinks it's possibly because of the uh, the venom bullets that are being shot out. Like, it mm-hmm. takes a lot from the suit. The suit has to draw something from the Punisher in order to get that power to do that. But still, it's, again, it's just like, I, I envision it just like T2, where the Terminator 1000, was only able to provide or only able to produce knived weapons, things of that nature. He wasn't able to, he is not able to disguise himself as something and explode, or he's not able to use something that has that, that, you know, that capability. He's only able to use it in some type of bladed form, some type of malleable metal form. That's the way I always envisioned the suit. So, well, that's kind of what they went with agent venom. Okay. Agent, when when Flash Thompson, you know, lost both of his legs in there in the uh, in Iraq, came back and you know they he bonded with the Venom symbiote, and he actually was the only one in outside of What If storylines was able con- to control the Venom symbiote. Mm-hmm. So the Venom symbiote, uh, he became Agent Venom and worked for worked for the government, worked for Shield or whoever. Whenever he had the symbiote, it gave him legs, uh, and he had all the powers of the symbiote. He also had a lot of guns. He was always on edge of whether he was going to lose it and give over to the symbiote or not. Oh yeah. I got you. So it it doesn't really work like that. 
this one, of course, was in the 90s, so everything was extreme or spelled with an X or anything like that. Not really, but this is probably early 90s. But um, <laughs> so it was one of those things where like... Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things where, well, we have to make it more Punisher-like, so give him guns. Yeah. Well, where's the, where's the gunpowder coming from? Why is the, the symbiote exploding? Why can't he just, you know, launch, you know, I don't know. It well, was here's, ridiculous. Here's what should have been done, and that would have been, like, he have, like, five or six guns on him, and, like, the mm-hmm. suit, like, brings them up to his arm. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, absolutely. fires it from his arm instead of him actually having to hold the gun. It just brings it up there and then fires, which that, it, to me, would seem to be easily believable. Right. I, I just remember sitting there thinking, okay, I've got to go back and read this. Surely they're not making that thing actually fire bullets. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yep. Butter, so, butter, butter, butter. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's what the, that's the sound that, that venom bullets make. Machine guns make. Butter, butter. But. <laughs> Smoke going uh, out of it. Yeah, I don't think so. Can we just talk real quick about how cool the Punisher symbol looks infused oh, with the with Venom the- Spider? Yes, dude. I mean, I- that's a, it's incredible. I've always been a fan of the black costume Spider-Man. Oh, I have too. And Venom all as well. Venom's a really cool looking character when you look at him. And putting that symbol, that skull symbol on Venom's chest, it was just like, there has got to be. What I would love to see, dude, I guarantee you we could find it right now if we wanted. Somebody had to have cosplayed as, uh, cosplayed as this. Oh, I'm sure because uh, you know, um, gosh, there were so many cosplays. I, I was just at a con uh, in Greensboro, the Greensboro Comic Con, mm-hmm. and there were so many crossovers and different things like that. It was it was it was ridiculous. Somebody did a an Overwatch character. Uh, I think it was Diva from Overwatch mm-hmm. um, mixed with Harley Quinn. Oh wow! And, yeah, I was like, that's odd, but it works. It works. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that's cool. Okay, back to the story. So the Punisher is, uh, has taken care of these evil Wall Street criminals, took them out and all his, all his buddies. Uh, so the, the Punisher's been enacting his vengeance, his vengeful war on crime throughout, the, throughout New York. It's also drawn the attention of one black costume Spider-Man. So Spider-Man's apparently still running around in his black costume and also it's drawn the attention of Daredevil. Now, at, at some point, you see a moment where Frank goes back home and he's at his headquarters doing this fight and all this all this stuff with the suit drains him, which I think that happened in the Spider-Man comics as well. Spider-Man felt physically drained usually after using the suit for quite a while. So he goes home and he's fast asleep. The symbiote is not microchip. I believe it's microchip who comes in and talks to him about something, yeah. something stupid. I don't I heard something to do with, you know, what he, whatever he was researching. I think it was about the suit, actually. And the, the suit then takes over Frank Castle as he's asleep, gets up and like smashes microchips head like into the wall doesn't kill him. But, it, you know, just boom right into the wall and then takes off into the out into the night. So we don't know if Frank Castle is aware of what's going on. We do know that he fell asleep prior to this happening. And while he's out and about, Venom is confronted by, by Spider-Man. They get into a fight. Spider-Man is way outmatched. Now, one of the things I'd forgot all about was the fact that the symbiote had an advantage over Spider-Man and that the, uh, his, Spider-Man's, his spider sense wouldn't work with the symbiote. I forgot all about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. so 
you know, Punisher Venom is able to easily outmatch Spider-Man, whoops him to where it's he's about to kill him almost. And that's when the Punisher inside Frank Castle inside the suit kind of wakes up and says, no, wait, a second. I, I can't be doing this. I can't do this. this he, didn't want, he knew Spider-Man was a friend, a hero, not an evildoer. And he's able to stop the, the suit from killing Spider-Man. Spider-Man has to he has to figure out a way to beat this thing. He knows he's completely outmatched, so he decides to go back to the Fantastic Four, who have assisted him in the past on trying to get rid of the symbiote. Now, this is after Spider-Man thought the symbiote was dead. Now he realizes, oh, crap, yeah, it's still alive. Well, he goes back to the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is a different Fantastic Four here, by the way. It's like reading... Oh, it, yeah, it's a weird iteration of the Fantastic Four, where I think Sue and Reed are gone. Yeah, it's uh, it's Thing, uh, Johnny, Crystal, and uh, Miss Thing, or whatever, you know, sh she Thing. <laughs> what was, who was that? That wasn't Alicia Masters, was it? Uh, no. Well, let's, go, let's go to the wiki. We're doing it right yeah. now. Was it She Thing? She Thing. Marvel Miss Wiki. Thing, she Thing. Sharon Ventura. Don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There she is. Current alias Miss Marvel, alias Thing, She Thing. Yeah. Okay. She, doesn't she show up in, she shows up in Ant-Man too, uh, Scott Lang version of it, I, I believe. And she and, and Scott Lang had a thing going on and she had, like, she helped him and she had a thing suit. Oh, okay. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, there was definitely a, a That's girl. the one we covered? No, 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 no. Oh, that okay. was uh, that was irredeemable. I mean, oh, you said Scott Lang. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, that was Eric O'Grady. Okay, How did I know that. <laughs> we know that because we covered it right here on the Social Material Podcast. So anyway, he's like, "Hey, I need some help." And Ben Graham's like, "Well, why don't you use the thingamajigger? I think he calls it a dingus. Uh, it's, yeah. the, it's the sonic gun, pretty much." So here, why don't you take this? That should that should be able to help you out. Unfortunately, we're on our way to do something. So we're on our way to do something else. So Spider Man's like, "Okay." Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. See what we can do. Um, all right. Is this, is this a dingus you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm not sure that's what I was looking for at all. <laughs> a dingus. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall being called the dingus. So Spider-Man's request to help the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they kind of assist, but they can't help him physically, but they give him a few weapons to try and use against the symbiote. Now, the Punisher has decided to take his war to the Kingpin. I mean, he's just like, okay, I'm done. After Microchip confronts him, says, look what you did, man. You, you hit me. What, what's going to happen next? He kind of has a freak out session because he doesn't know if he's in control anymore. And so what better way to get back into control than just head right back out into the streets as Venom Punisher and take out the Kingpin. And he does so pretty mercilessly as well. Uh, I think mm. there's one point where he runs into Tombstone uh, within two panels. Tombstone's dead. I think he bites his. Is that the one where he? Yeah, he just bites his jugular or something. Yeah, Maybe it's his head. Gives I mean, I don't know. <laughs> bites it. He's dead. Yeah, he, he spits whatever out and it hits the floor. Thing splat. You know, when you see the little asterisk, somebody died. We have ah, yeah. oh. asterisk. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, done. Done. Tombstone's done. He makes his way up to the Kingpin's penthouse suite. And up there, he finds Kingpin's most deadliest assassin right now, which is Typhoid Mary, accompanied by one of Kingpin's worst enemies, and that is Daredevil. So these two are going to rumble. They fight, they fight, they fight. The tendrils get a hold of the Kingpin and... I don't know. I don't think it snaps his neck or anything. I think it just goes. Chokes him. Is that okay? Chokes yeah, him. That's what I got from it. Kills him right then and there, right in front of Typhoid oh, Mary. Says it going up his nose. Yeah, dude, that's not good. 
probably did some very bad internal damage and yeah, kills the king. Tendrils in the nose are never good. <laughs> That's right. He's able to kill the kingpin and he escapes. Now, all the while, when you're reading this, you start to see the language that is being used by the Punisher. It, it tends to become more savage. I noticed that one page, they, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go fight the kingpin. And then the next page, the the letterer, the letterer's making sure to kind of write it all scraggly. And he's calling him the kinpin. And yeah. so you know something's going on there. It seems that the symbiote's starting to get a hold again. Now, needing a rest again after this after this battle he had with Daredevil and Typhoid Mary, he's able to escape, heads over to the one place that for some reason he feels at home at, and that's the bell tower at the church. <laughs> and awaiting for him, awaiting him there are Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Moon Knight. So I mean, I don't know why Moon Knight's here. I, I can't remember if they sp- explain why they grabbed Moon Knight, other than he must have been a hot character at the time. Yeah, it was the '90s. He was he was pretty. He was up there. Yeah. So these three are going to battle, and we get a fight again. Get another during the you know we get this big brawl, and during the brawl, Spider Man finally is able to fire the sonic gun that he got from the Fantastic Four, and we soon realize what used what did work on Spider Man and Peter Parker is not working on Frank Castle. Yeah, it's kind of hurting the symbiote a little bit, but we realize that Frank Castle and the symbiote are now one. They are completely bonded. Uh, So now the only way to stop, potentially stop, the Punisher would be to kill him. With the symbiote somewhat sedated, Frank Castle is able to take control again, and he grabs a gun and he shoots the sonic gun out of Spider-Man's hand. Uh, Now our trio of heroes (laughs) then realize that Frank immediately goes stiff after he does this. I think he shoots it out of... uh, Peter Parker's hand or Spider-Man's hand and says, uh, okay, I've got it from here. And then all of a sudden he just goes completely stiff. As readers, we are treated to the war that that is actually going on inside the Punisher's head between himself and the parasitic symbiote. So as they're fighting, the Punisher starts to realize its weaknesses. The symbiote soon understands that it has to come to an agreement with Frank Castle. Since they are completely bonded, Frank says, look, I have no issue killing myself in order to kill you. So if you do exactly what I say, as I say, we won't have to go that route. And the symbiote's like, all right. So they come, they come to an agreement. The symbiote allows Frank Castle to have complete control over what he does. So regaining control, Punisher then looks over at Moon Knight, Daredevil, and Spider-Man and says, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in control now. And the only way that either of those heroes or any of those heroes would be able to stop him would be to kill him. And the Punisher knows better that they would not do so. And off he goes into the night to continue his personal war on crime. All right. So that's our story, man. Let's, uh, let's get a few talking points out of the way here. Okay. Venom abilities. What do you feel? What do you feel about? Punisher's use of the abilities of the symbiote here. The guns were stupid. Okay, <laughs> but the the fact that like he used it as you know for wings and knives on the hands, much like Carnage. Carnage did all those things. He 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 learned how you know he can he could fly or glide or whatever with it. You know it, it it made it a little more savage than than Eddie Brock could have ever made it because um, the Punisher is a more tactical person. You know than than what we realize. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, of course he is because he was he was a soldier. Yeah. Um, he he knows how to make certain things work for him. He 
is smart enough to know that something like that, a weapon, which is what it is, a weapon like that, he even calls it a machine at one point. Ah, he does, uh, doesn't he? Yeah. So he knows that a weapon like that has more capabilities than what, what he realizes. So he knows it can make, you know, wings and, and everything else. So uh, I think, and, and then, then you just had uh, Cletus Cassidy, who was insane. So he just wanted, you know, he just knew that it was a killing machine and it could do far more than just, you know, make webbing and be a, a Spider-Man clone. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes, you know, it takes the user to unlock its full potential, if that makes sense. It does. It does. I could see that. He, just like you said, had the background, the military background, all that stuff. Once the symbiote gets on him, totally different person compared to Peter Parker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, almost like night and day, considering Peter Parker was a nerdy teen growing up. And you have a hardcore balls out soldier and the Punisher. So, and that's what it's what he does. You know, he, 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 he looks to, he looks at everything as a weapon and the possibilities of how can I make this work for me and how can I make this, you know, ends meet and and, how can I make this meet my needs in my, in my war. Yeah. So, uh, he, it's it's like John Wick, uh, the movie John Wick, which is amazing. Uh, they said I watched him kill three men with a pencil or kill a man with a pencil at a bar once. And then later on in John Wick 2, he actually kills somebody with a pencil and they showed how. So everything around him was a weapon. So it's the same thing with the Punisher. He's is in sense, you know, a soldier, an assassin, uh, vigilante. So everything around him is a weapon. So once he gets that power, he knows that there's a level of power that he's never, you know, in this symbiote. So he sees it not as a living creature that's looking to feed off of him or, you know, a source of evil or anything like that. He sees it as a weapon. So he's like, well, maybe I could fly. And he, you know, he sprouts wings and glides away, uh, things like that. So, and then Eddie Brock was just kind of a, he's Eddie Brock. He didn't really use his No, he was, he was kind of, had he a mullet kinda, for Pete's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Eddie Brock had a mullet, period, <laughs> on that statement. He didn't do a whole lot of, you know, thinking of how he could use it. He just knew it would make him stronger and he could mimic Spider-Man with it. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Yes, he did. Well, okay. Next up, what do you think about Punisher being able to control the symbiote? Pretty believable. Yeah, absolutely. Look at the look at the war that he's he's had going on for however many years he's had it going on. He is uh, very calm, cool, and collected. Uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for. It takes a lot of. Uh, uh, concentration confidence yeah all that stuff to to uh uh, to keep that going and not go insane which Mm. i mean he's he's insane anyway because he's just going around killing people you know he's not opening cans of tuna fish and pouring them in the bathtub insane Okay. What is that from? Uh, I just made it up. I, that just, <laughs> it was the craziest thing I could think of at that point. So, <laughs> Oh, scary reference. That is not a reference after What's it all. What's to say about me? <laughs> uh, all right. Now, last topic here. Last talking point. You got any idea? I mean, we, we kind of discussed already. I mean, other than him just being a hot character at the time, uh, Moon Knight? I don't know. What the heck? I mean, are we talking Moon Knight because he's street level? Maybe. Probably. Okay. He fits in with all these other guys, you know, Spider-Man, uh, Punisher, Daredevil. He 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 just fits in. Yeah. You know, bring something other than, you know, the, they need they needed the mystical portion of it, so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the story overall, man? I liked it other than the the guns, yeah. the symbiote guns. I liked I liked it a lot. I'd love to see you know what I would have loved to have seen is this iteration of Punisher like show up in Exiles or something 
Yeah, that would have oh, been amazing. That would have been good stuff. Well, I mean, even in Secret Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the new Secret Wars where they had the, the battle Punisher. worlds and stuff all over the place. Yeah, where they had the Punisher with the uh, Doctor Strange. Of Levitation, Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. the Eye of Agamotto. Uh, they had that going on, but they didn't, you know, they can't give a shout out to Venom Punisher. No, oh, which is probably one of the coolest combos. Especially coming straight from the 90s. I mean, it, it, yeah. two, there weren't two hotter characters in The Punisher and Venom in 92, I don't think. I mean, you... Let's be honest, though. They probably looked at this and said, that would be really good, but the guns. <laughs> Where, why did this go wrong? The what-if issues, sometimes you got a neat story and a great concept, but it was executed in the pages. Not Poorly. so great. Yeah. And I can say that this was... A believable story, other than a few specific parts that we just didn't like. Good discussion, man. I, I enjoyed the issue. I think it was a good issue to to choose. I'm just looking to see what edit Ooh. what if issue 45 was here. One what if Barbara Ketch had become Ghost Rider? Who? Barbara Ketch? Oh, well, yeah. no, Danny Ketch. Who's Barbara? His sister? Sure. We have no idea. I don't have a clue. Yeah, I'm 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 not very good at names at times. Well, well, let's close this out, man. Let's go ahead. Well, it was a good, it was a good show. Good show. Good show back. Small, small, tiny show. That's all right. We're going to, we'll get this thing together and have this out here. Like I said, on Monday, let's go ahead, get into plugs and we'll wrap it up, sir. We will be back soon. I'm, I'm in the midst of getting uh, the computer problems fixed. So it should be not too much longer before we have uh, (coughs) actual hangout shows and uploading to iTunes again. Once you know, um, hopefully we can still continue doing whatever with the Radio Broadcasting Network. Um, yeah, social media, uh, Facebook is Screaming Boy Podcast, Twitter is at Screaming Boy PR, um, and then uh, uh, Instagram is Screaming Boy Podcast, and then um, I forget what our Twitter or what our uh, um, Snapchat is. It's something with Screaming Boy in it, I know, but uh, <laughs> I think Snapchat's the devil that I'm down on it. I'm sorry. All right. But uh, well, as for myself, you can follow me at Stiznarky on Twitter, at Source Matt on Twitter. Listen, we did a podcast last week. However, it was not source material, it was me and Joel Gant who brought you the remix recap, where finally, after 16 throwdown for the pounds, I decided I'm going to do a podcast and talk about the results. Me and Joel had a good time talking about it. You guys get a chance. Go check that out. That took the place of source material this past Monday. But prior to that, what did we do? I don't know if we did a what if or what we exactly we did prior to that. I, I know oh, we did I what remember. if. I know we did Sad, what if. <laughs> no, trust me. I mean, I, I'm good, good enough to remember something two days from now. Uh, so two weeks from, from this point, I have no idea. I just know we had a good time talking about a what if. Uh, Peter Parker knows what if Uncle Ben had lived instead of Aunt May uh, when you remember Aunt May getting shot instead. Yeah. Uh, so we, I know we talked about that, but we also we got the Inhumans. We're at over 130 episodes, folks. Go back and check them out. Go give the Radulich and Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like. We have a, all sorts of great podcast material out there. I have one last thing. Uh, yeah. I had the the distinct pleasure of uh, being on a podcast while I was at the Greensboro Comic Con. Uh, oh, it is yeah. called the Exhaust Port Podcast, uh, where they talk about everything Star Wars. 
Um, they recently have um, done Wake Forest Comic Con. Um, they've put up two episodes of that. Hopefully soon they will have the Greensboro Comic Con out. Uh, great guys at Exhaustport. Um, it, it's it, they just phenomenal, phenomenal job. They are very passionate about about their. Um, about their star Wars. And it is, it is a, it is a very cool, you know, it was a cool show is cool, uh, experience being on there and talking to them. So awesome. I've checked them out. See, see what, what'd you say they do? I know they're a podcaster, uh, but what, what are they all star, star Wars. Wars, all star Wars all the time. That's a fun topic. Yes, all right, is. man. Well, let's You're dang let's... right. It is starcher. <laughs> sure. So, what me and you are going to get together again sometime soon. I don't know what the, the future brings for source material here because I don't have Mark's schedule making things for us, which is perfectly fine. I don't mind. I don't mind him taking a back seat and letting us figure out what we can do. Uh, so just right. try to keep an eye open. We'll probably be on here either next Monday with a short show or it will be the following Monday with uh, something actually scheduled. I know Mark Radlich has something scheduled just for your pleasure there in October. <laughs> and that's when uh, uh, DC meets Hanna-Barbera. Is that what's going on where we got Space Ghost and Green Lantern and Oh yeah, lots of fun. Ronnie Adams is excited. Uh, well, no. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. That's Ronnie Adams. My name is Jesse Starcher. Thanks everybody for listening. Hi. Hi.